Sunday, this past Sunday, uh, we taught our second message on nothing but the blood. And um, I, just, I just really feel like that, that that word was very impacting. And it's a word that you need to listen to again. If you weren't here Sunday, you didn't hear that message, it would be really good for you to get it. It will be, it will be on the website, um, on the podcast Go to Gates of the City and go to podcast and, and type in Gates of the City, and it will be on there tomorrow, by tomorrow. So I'd, I'd really encourage you. It didn't cost you anything. They're free messages. I'd really encourage you to go on there and download that, or you can, you can either download it or listen to it. And I'd really encourage you to do that and give that to people because th- there, was, there was something about that word. It was just a now word for the moment. And I really encourage you to do that. We've got all of our messages probably for the last four or five years that are on there, you can go and download those at any time. I'm just letting you know that. But I really encourage you to listen to that word again. Amen? Um, So last week we started a new series on Wednesday night on the gifts of the Spirit. And we read out of Romans 12 and 1 Corinthians 12 and Ephesians 5 and talked about the different categories or types of gifts. And Tonight we're going we're gonna to tap into the seven gifts of the Spirit in Romans chapter 12. I'm just going to look at as many of those as we can look at um, just in the time that we've got allotted tonight. And uh, I think that <clears throat> these messages that we're going to teach on these different gifts are very important. Because you know, what, what, what is a gift? We talked about it last week. It's something that is free. Something that someone else paid for to give you. And something that if if it is a thought-out gift, it will benefit you. See, if I buy my wife a gift and it's something that I like, it's not going to benefit her. See, if it comes time for her birthday and I've been listening all year about or for, for the previous few months about things that she likes or you know I really want that or whatever and 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 it's something that can be added to things that she has that'll benefit her and and the gift is bought in a right way it doesn't cost the person anything and God was very thoughtful and he thought through in giving his son to us on our behalf and I'm telling you that gift benefited you like you don't even realize. You and I are not even, we're on a daily basis, we're not even aware the totality of what that gift accomplished for you and I. Amen? And there's nothing, there's nothing that you have to pay for that gift. It's free. All you have to do is receive it. Amen? And as you receive it, and you learn to understand what it produced, it benefits us. So, <clears throat> As we look in these categories of gifts, tonight I've titled these seven gifts in Romans chapter 12 as foundational gifts, foundational personality type gifts that I believe that God created for everyone to have. And and as we'll read in the the passage here, it, it talks about that we're to receive these gifts and use them, use them, plural. So, 
there's a number of these foundational gifts that, I, gifts that I believe that God created you with and to operate in predominantly. But Jesus operated in all seven of these, and I believe that as you understand these and, 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 and as they become a part of you and they evolve in your life, I believe that we can operate in all seven of these gifts, but still have certain predominant gifts. And so, um, this teaching right here really impacted my life because I began to find myself in this passage of, of, of Scripture. In these first eight verses of Romans 12, I heard a teaching probably 30 plus years ago that really impacted my life in such a way that it caused me to find who I was. First time I ever heard anybody teach the Word, it was, I think I told you this a while back, uh, Charles Capps, teacher out of England, Arkansas, he passed away about two months ago, a month and a half or two months ago. And I was almost 18 years old, I was invited to a camp in uh, Truth or Consequences, New Mexico. Man, that was profound. <laughs> And, and I was invited to this camp to come and hear this guy teach, you know, and I was, you know, I was not all put together and all that stuff. And so I go and, and this man walks out and he's got a crew cut, you know, and I'm thinking, man, a guy, a guy with a crew cut is boring in my world at the time, you know. It was a boring person, you know, that's what my mind thought. And I'm just thinking, I'm looking for the exit doors and thinking, how in the world can I get out of this place, you know. And uh, thank God that I didn't. But over that weekend, when I heard him teach the word, what happened to me was, is that I came to this realization that either that guy's a nut or somebody's been lying to me. Because I had never been born again till, I, till about two months before I turned 18 years old. And again, that's, that's, those are my thoughts. I, I, this guy's either a nut in the things that he's saying or somebody's lied to me because what he's saying is totally different than anything I've ever heard. And <clears throat> so, as I heard that teaching that week, and as I got born of the Spirit of God, as I got born again, I got born a second time, and things began to change in my life, and, and I heard a teaching on this, I began to find out that some of the things that I did in life were not really what God had for me. And that was really, that's really hard because if you're good at something because just the way you've been brought up and you've been trained in a certain area, well, you know, that, then that's what God's going to use me to do. And a lot of people teach that. And I'm not saying that you can't be talented at a specific thing and, 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 and God use you in that way in your life. I'm not saying that can't happen. But many times, many times we grow up and by default we're good at certain things. Just because of the way we were raised or the home we were raised in. But the Bible says God had a plan for your life before you were even thought about. Before you and I were even thought about. I don't know how that's so, but the scripture says so. Before I was even thought about, he had a plan for my life. And he, he designed me and he created me the way that I am. He created you the way that you are. He had a design and a plan for you. And he had certain personality traits and characteristics that he had planned out for your life. And if you don't know what those are, you won't develop them. 
And in essence, what you'll do is, if, if, if one of those personality traits or strong suits are what God wanted developed in your life, but you're not good at it today, what'll happen is you'll run from it. You'll push it away. You don't want that operating in you. I, I, I'm good at this. I don't want to do that. And so, as you know, I, I've got about 20 minutes to 25, maybe 30. Did I get 35? 40? 40? Did I get 45? No. But um, it, just in the next few minutes, I, I'm going to share as much as I can. We'll stop and pick it up next Wednesday. But um, this, the teaching I'm going to do on this is not an exhaustive study on it. It's just... It, it's here to be thought-provoking for you, to challenge you. And if you, if you I, I, I can share this with you, but, but I can't share it in a way that the Holy Spirit can share it with you. I can teach this the way I'm going to teach it tonight, but only the Holy Spirit can really reveal this to you. But there's some things here that if you don't find out for yourself and become convinced of, you're going to struggle the rest of your life. What will happen is you'll go around in circles. You just go around in circles. And you'll find yourself doing something for a while and then changing again and then doing something for a while and changing again and you're doing something for a while and then you'll start changing and then you'll change again and again and again. And, and, and it's because, because you're struggling to find out what you're here for. And I, 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 I truly believe that in these eight verses are some things that even tonight will jump out and, and, and begin to challenge you. And then you just do something with it and let this evolve naturally. Don't take what I'm going to say tonight and, and next week in, in, in this passage right here. Don't take it as though, okay, you know, I've got to change my whole life. Don't, I'm, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not putting it out there. I'm, I'm putting it out there to challenge you so that you can dig out for yourself some things that, that God may want you to see about yourself, that he wants you to see, that he had for you, that you've never even thought about tapping into. But, but, I'll just say this. If you're not developing things that he called for your life and he designed for your life, if you're not developing those, there's a real void on the inside. Because he made this thing this three-part being, to operate according to his blueprint and not the blueprint that we dream up or that someone else tells us that's what we're supposed to do or be or just something that we try to create because we see what other people do. No, God had a plan. He has a blueprint for your life, and he didn't make a mistake. Amen? So, <clears throat> Romans chapter 12 and verse 1, I'm going to read these eight verses. <clears throat> I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable, which is your reasonable service. And do not be conformed to this world, but transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is the good and acceptable and perfect will of God? For I say through the grace given to me, to everyone who is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly as God has dealt to each one a measure of faith. 
For as we are many members in one body, but all the members do not have the same function. So we being many are one body in Christ and individually members of one another. Having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us, let us use them. Now, I want to give you three things that it takes, three things that it takes to understand the foundational or personality gifts that God built you with. There's seven of them here, and I believe that everybody predominantly has one or two or three of them. I'm not, I'm, I'm not saying how many in your life, but I believe that you can evolve. What can evolve in your life is that you can operate in all of those at given times, but predominantly your personality has a certain bend in, in, a, in a specific direction. And I'm going to prove my point on this. And this is why, I'll show you here why. But there's three things that you have to understand from these five verses that I just read. Number one, you have to understand how to renew your mind. You have to understand how to renew your mind. Why? Because then it says you will prove what the will of God is. And remember, this is a letter Paul wrote to the church at Rome. So this is a letter, and, 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 and you know, in letters, you know, sometimes people take scriptures like God said one thing in two verses and something else in the next two, something else in the next two, and something else totally different and, and contrary, but that's not a letter. This is a letter that's written. So he's making a point here in these, in these first eight verses. You can't be conformed to the world thinking. You have to renew your mind so that your attitudes and your ideas begin to change so that you can think like God. And what will happen is your life will prove what the will of God is for you. Think about that, number one. Number two, what has to happen is that you have to understand true humility. Just a couple things that I wrote down about this. You, you have to, where you learn humility is understanding the concept of the church and the parts. Understanding the concept of the church and the parts. Not the me, myself, and I concept. Because the me, myself, and I will produce failure over periods of time because God didn't create us to be lone rangers. He created us to be parts that function together as we're reading right here. So you have to understand the concept of true humility. And, you know, I wrote, I wrote this down like this. I want you to think about this. Um, God has given to every person a measure of faith. And when you look at these gifts, these gifts are operated in according to the proportion of developed faith. God's given to each person that faith. And, and what happens is, when we don't understand true humility, then we begin to see or think how special that we are. And in all actuality, and, and, and don't cut me off halfway in what I'm going to say here, hear what I'm saying. 
where the part world is concerned in the church world, you're nothing special as a part. You're special as an individual to God. If you're the only one, he'd have died for you. I mean, you're his chosen, you're his baby. You're the one in God's eyes. And he, he makes all of us feel like we're the one. We're special, see? But in the parts department, there's no part that is more special than another because you got a part that's broken, right, Randy? Then the car don't work. Yeah, kind of. I mean, but no part in the kingdom is any more special than any other part. And we need each other to function and operate in a correct way. Jesus operated in all seven parts. You can see it all through Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. When you see and read about his life, you see all of these gifts in operation in and through him. But one of the reasons that we have predominant gifts ourselves is so that one can prophesy and one can lead and one can serve and and we can all do all of those things at different times but there's different ones that are more predominant now watch as we go through these how that in the natural it appears that certain ones of these are more important than other ones well i want to be that No, you don't. (laughs) You don't want to be that. Because if that's not you and God didn't make you that way, I mean, you're talking about misery. (laughs) Thinking you want to be something and do something that God didn't already have planned for your life is destructive. That's why when I begin to find myself here, what I found was things that I thought I that were me and the way God made me, those things I was holding on to, but the things that really he created for me, I was pushing away or running from. Now watch. You guys are looking at me like he's a nut. Okay, now watch as I go through this. And, And again, notice as we read these, these, these operate in proportion to develop faith. See, something, you, you can't just want something because it seems good or looks good. It's something that you begin to believe on the inside is real for you because of your relationship with God. See, faith is developed in a relationship and intimacy with the one that created you. And when you realize how he put this thing together this and us, and we realize how he's put us together and how he created us to operate, then, then what happens is in your relationship with him, you want what he wants. And it's never him forcing you to do what he wants. In relationship, because of your love for him and your desire to please him in relationship, it's your desire to do what he wants. It's never a forced thing. Ever, because forced never works. So, number one, and I'm going to define, I took each of these seven gifts 
and I defined these gifts in, in, the, in the actual Greek. So there's several other words that go with this to give it a little bit more clarity. The word in the King James in, um, in verse 6, the first gift is the word prophecy. And I'm not, I don't have time to go into that, but over the next few weeks as we touch, as we touch the, uh, one, of the, one of the nine gifts of the Spirit in 1 Corinthians 12 is prophecy. And then one of the five um, ministry gifts in Ephesians 4 is a prophet, okay? And people have the tendency to kind of mix all those together and just throw them together and say, well, you know, then you operate in all three of those. Not necessarily. And I'm, I'm, I'm going to prove it to you as we do this, but I don't have a lot of time to go into this, so just hear me out as, as we talk about this and define this. So the word prophecy um, is defined as preaching because prophecy is speaking, you know, like your voice is being used to speak the will of God. To prophesy is to speak as the oracles of God. So it's to preach. It's, to, it, it's inspired speaking. So this foundational gift is something that God created people to do before they were even thought about. And inspired speaking or preaching in, in this matter, because this word is defined that way, a number of different things it says also, but in inspired speaking and preaching is not just in the church world, but it can be in the business world. It can be in, in you know, any type of a platform when you're called on to do that. Now, you would think as a pastor that inspired speaking or preaching would be one of my strong foundational gifts. And it is, but I didn't think it was, even after I started pastoring. In the early years of pastoring the church, I would listen to other people preach, and I'd get intimidated by the way that they delivered messages. And I would think, man, I, you know, I used to listen to a guy named Jack Hayford all the time. And I'd think, oh my gosh. <laughs> You know, he'd say things and say, he'd use these words that were like long words. And I'd just be awed and I said, well, what did he say? I, I don't know what that word means. But it was beautiful the way he said it, you know. I mean, I, I'd get awed at the, at the way he said things. And so I'd, I'd think, well, you know, that, that can't be one of my gifts. And on the inside, God said, that's one of your gifts. That's one of your foundational gifts is inspirational speaking. But just in your own way. See, when you don't copy someone else and you don't get intimidated by someone else, you know the, the three people that stood up here uh, on Sunday morning and shared their testimonies? I mean, they, they, there was some inspired speaking, but there was one of those gifts of exhortation, encouraging people about things, and, and all three of them did a really good job of that. And many times there's things hidden inside of someone till they're called on to do something. Those, and those gifts can be hid and kind of pressed down because that's not their strong suit because they never developed it. But then you come into the kingdom and you get born again, and now what has to happen is that you begin to follow your heart 
in the things that God has has foundationally called and gifts that he's given you. Why? Because the gifts are there to benefit others. See, if you step out and you begin to tap into inspired speaking or preaching or delivering something to a group of people or to two people or whatever it is, if that foundational gift begins to be developed in you and it's something you think you can't do, but yet inside of you you have this desire but you think there's no way I could do that because I've never done that before and people have told you because maybe you shared something in front of some people and you sounded stupid they said well you know that's not what you're called to do and that may be what you're called to do that may be a gift that God has for you to develop I was I I used to I used to tell my wife years ago that when when I would get up and and I would preach for the first 10 or 12 years that I pastored here, I preached real hard. I just, how how many remember my preaching? It was loud and I screamed and I, and my face got red and my veins you know, I get home and I've had a, I have a headache, man, I'd leave church with a headache. I mean, that wasn't me. You understand? This is me. I mean, you know, I mean, this is me. I'm just being me. I I had somebody here the other day say, I've never heard anybody talk like that. He said, you just acted natural. And I said, yeah, yeah, it's just natural. It just comes out of me natural. It's inspired speaking. I'm inspiring you tonight to find yourself in these gifts. To find certain things that God has created for you to do in these gifts that maybe people have told you and circumstances in life have said, you can't do that. No, you can do it. If God created you to do it, you can do it. You just have to develop it. Yes? But I was finishing something. And then I got off on another bunny trail. What was I saying? Come on, Sandra, what did I say? (laughs) Yeah, I used to scream, used to preach. And that that wasn't me. That's probably what I was saying. Okay, anyway, I got to hurry up. I only got... Right. Yeah, that was my whole point about inspired speaking. I didn't think that... Oh, I I know what I was going to say. So the other day... I was in New Mexico and my dad's 80th birthday celebration and you know he's done a lot of things in the golf world and so there's a bunch of people there's there's probably 100 and some odd people in this room you know and it wasn't I wasn't teaching them anything I was emceeing this party for my father and and so you know Everybody's sitting around, and a lot of times people in those kind of situations will sit around and expect whoever's got the microphone to inspire them. And I did, you know. I, I operated in inspired talking and ministry to these people and said things to them in, in different ways because I'm good at that. And, and you may not think I'm good at it, but it doesn't matter. I'm called to do it. You, you understand what I'm saying? See, and that's the attitude that you have to have 
about what God reveals to you. It doesn't matter what people think. And I'm not talking about forcing something and making something happen. I'm talking about when you're doing it and God's in the middle of it and He's putting it together and the confidence is arising in you and you're not intimidated. I mean, there may be, what, a hundred people or whatever sitting in here tonight. And, but if there was a thousand people or 10,000 people listening to me tonight, I'd be saying the same thing the same exact way. Because I believe in what I'm doing. Amen? I mean, I'm not saying, you know, you look out and there's 10,000 people and you kind of, whatever. But once you get up behind it, when you believe in what you're doing, you do it. Amen? The second thing is, now watch the comparison here. The second one is ministry. Okay? And that word ministry in the Greek is, is defined as practical service, helper, Someone serving others. And in this gift, you do it according to the proportion of your faith. Okay? But what does a helper do? Help. A helper helps, right? A helper doesn't lead. And how many times when you're in a situation where there's a bunch of people helping that you got more chiefs than you do Indians? Huh? Right? Because, because, okay, and, 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 and we'll talk about this as we get into the rest of these, okay? But there's three things, because your minds are kind of stirring right now, there's three things you have to think about about that, okay? You can be, you can be a leader and help, okay? But when you're helping but when, when, when you're being a helper, but yet you're a leader, okay, then what's going to happen is you're going to be a bossy helper. <laughs> now, years back when we bought this property, David Huffaker back there is a fence builder, and he's a dang good fence builder. You ever need a fence built? Don't call anybody but David. Right, David? <laughs> You do want the work, right? Yes. No, I'm teasing. He's a great fence builder. <clears throat> and so I'm the pastor of the church, and we're out there building fences. I don't know how many of us, probably 20 or 30 of us, you know, half of us working, the other just looking around. But, uh, but David is the leader. He's the fence builder. And as the pastor, if I'm threatened by his ability to lead in building fences, and I start taking over and bossing people around, we're going to have an ugly fence. Because I don't know what I'm doing. See, I, 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 was a, I, was, I, was a, I was a leader, I was a, uh, or I was a teacher, uh, inspirational speaker, can lead in the body here, but in that moment I was helping. And because I knew who I was, I wasn't threatened by his ability to lead. And you have to, that's why, see, if we don't learn to get bold, don't, don't get bold with other people about your gift, about the gifts in your life. Don't get bold with other people. Don't be telling everybody, and I'm this. And The more you tell people, the less you are that. Don't get bold with people. Begin to get bold, or, or bold's probably the wrong word, but begin to get intimate with God about these things. 
Finding out certain things that He wants you to do instead of just what you think you should be doing. Again, I'm going to say it again. A helper who is really a leader is not a good helper. And the reason why, the other, re- the other thing I was going to say about that is this. Many times, people are too afraid to lead. They're too afraid to step out. They're too afraid to be an inspirational speaker. But they can hide behind helping. And then what happens is they get controlling. Because they're too afraid to step out and release that thing that they're comfortable with in helping. It's easy, and it's convenient, and I can do that, and I can hide behind it, but they've kind of, it's, it's, it's kind of like, come here, Preston, stand up here. It's kind of like, you know, look how big he is, and, but, but it's turned this way. So it's kind of like, what I'm going to do is, I, I, I'm going to hide behind him, I'm going to make him be the leader, but I'm going to control everything that he does, and that's no good, see? See, I don't want to hide behind that thing. I want to come out from here, and I want to be who God created me to be. And one of the things in finding the gifts and the, and the, the, the abilities, thank you, Preston, and, and the abilities that we have in finding those things, when we find those, when we find what, what we're called to do, it liberates you in a way that, you know what, you can begin to rejoice with other people for their advances and the good things that happen to them instead of being jealous and mad when something good happens to somebody else. You don't have to be that way. You don't ever have to... What happens is you never have to talk bad about another person because you know who you are and you're confident in what God's done for you and is doing for you and will do for you because you know who you are and you're comfortable in your skin and I'm going to continue to do this. And you get better at being a helper. If you're a leader... You'll be a better helper than anybody can ever be. You can help and do things when it's time to do something in such a way that people will be amazed at the way you help because you can follow a leader because you are one and you're doing it. Number three, And it's pretty self-explanatory, teaching. What it is is teaching. And and, and what it's defined as is teaching. In the Greek, it's teaching. And in the Webster's, it's teaching. And uh, so, but it can be school, it can be church, it can be children, it can be family, it can be friends. You know, because I, I had a high school history teacher that had the title teacher, but he wasn't any more a teacher than my German shepherd was. Read those six chapters, we'll have a test in two weeks. We came in every day and read chapters. He never taught us anything. He was a football coach, and we just gave him some Olivia Newton-John tickets. Front row, front row seat, and he gave me a better grade. 
I can laugh about it today, you know, but he wasn't a teacher, but he had a title. So see, you can have the title of teacher, okay, and not be a teacher. And because you don't want to help. You may be a helper. Well, I don't want to help. Bless God, I want the title. Right? I want, to, I want to be the guy. I want people to look at me. I want the position. See, and we got to get rid of that thing. We, no, no, we, I don't want the position. Because if you're not, if, if, if you're not, if God didn't create you for the position and give you the abilities, man, it's the worst thing you can ever do. And you'll be miserable all your life. Miserable. Number four, and I'll end with this one, then we'll pick up the, the last three next, next week and into a little bit more of the other. Uh, number four, exhorting. And it's defined as in, an encouraging, encouraging guidance and comfort to people, to encourage them, to guide them, to comfort them. person that always sees the glass half full, right? Always speaking positive, you know? I mean, you feel like, you know, I mean, you feel like you'd line up 100 people and look at the situation you're in and they'd all say, you know, you need to give up. And this person, man, they're there to tell you you can make it, right? And encouragers are great, but sometimes, you know, exhorters are people that encourage like that, you know, they, they, people think they go overboard, you know? But I've got some family members that are like that. And I mean, I, I'm, I, I, I'm an exhorter. And I've always been an exhorter, but in the last 37 years of my life, what's happened is I realized that in my exhorting at times, I was lying. Huh? Man, 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 man. Those shoes are really looking good. That dress, oh man, I'm telling you. Huh? You know, you've seen that commercial on TV where that guy tells them they're all, they've all got these potentials. Pinocchio standing up there and his nose starts coming out. Man, if I was Pinocchio, my nose would have grown out. See, I was encouraging, but I was lying. So God began to show me. Just shut up, bird. Just, okay, just, just smile. <laughs> or whatever. You know, don't lie to them and tell them it's all that when it's not. You know what I'm saying? So you can go overboard with that. You gotta, and so through the years, I've become less an exhorter. I'm, I mean, I still exhort, but I, I'm less of that because I don't have to be that because I know who I am. You understand? So, so certain things that some people in trying to identify, if, if you go to the personality traits of the world and you try to figure out who you are and what you are in those personality traits, if you take these and try to identify yourself today, that may not be who you really are. But if you learn to develop it and allow your life to develop in understanding what these seven are and how they operate, you'll begin to find things about yourself that you know that no one else knows. Hmm? Like, I'm, I'm just thinking that Justin's a singer. You know, I just think he, I think he's got a heck of a voice and he's just not telling anybody. How many think that? Yeah? Come on, how many think he's, come on. So I, th I, th I think there's something developing here, you know, on stage for Justin. I'm just playing. Everybody laugh for a minute. Come on, come on, come on. Release, release, relent. Oh. <clears throat> but, uh, 
But the things that only you know, only you know about yourself, you know, that no one else knows, that will begin to come out. And I'm telling you, it's an amazing thing. God, what he did with us, what he did with you when he created you, and, and, and the key is, those three things that I told you, you have to understand what it means to renew your mind. You have to understand true humility. I didn't read you the third one, did I? Oh, man. See, that's what I was going to say. You guys let me down here. Okay, number one was renew your mind. Three things to understanding your gift. Number one, renewing your mind. Number two, understanding true humility. And then number three, and, it, and it's, in, it's in verse five. So we being many are one body in Christ and individually members of one another, having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us, let us use them. The gifts that we begin to find out about ourselves, he wants us to use them. Put them to work. Do something with it. Do anything with it. You know, do, do, do something in a very small way. You never just start out, you know, huge. Never despise small beginnings in anything that you do. So renewing the mind, understanding what true humility is about, and then using the gifts. Doing something with it. And when you, when, when you start developing and, and you're looking at these gifts and you're thinking, you know, man, I've, I feel really confused about these. I mean, I, I'm not really seeing anything. That's a good place to start because God has delivered us from the spirit of confusion. We don't have to stay there. And we can thank him. He said, if any man lacks wisdom, let him ask of God who gives to all men freely and he never withholds. God will reveal things to you about these gifts and the gifts predominantly in your life and show you how to be a part of all these. Because remember, remember in, in, that, in that verse, we being many are one body in Christ, individually members one of another and having then gifts differing, having gifts that differ not everybody's the same one. Jesus operated in all seven of them, but we don't because we need each other. Yes? According to the grace that is given to us, let us use them. So tonight, I'm, I'm, I'm just leaving you with that thought that you can understand true humility. I believe most of you understand how to renew your mind, and you have to stay in the middle of that. And then start using and developing these gifts so that, so that as you're developing, you begin to find who you are in a greater way and things that God really wants to use you in. Remember, they're according to the proportion of your faith, of you releasing your faith to do and to believe certain things. Amen? Keep that, meditate on it, and we'll, we'll jump right back into it next Wednesday. Amen? Father, we thank you tonight that your word is alive and it's well and it's true. I thank you tonight, Father, that because of your word, we can renew our minds. We can begin to think like you. We don't have to think like we've thought in the past. Our minds can be renewed day by day by day. We can have greater understanding day by day. And Lord, the revelation on these gifts that you have given to man, these gifts that 
are different from one person to the next. These gifts that you want to be used and work together and to understand one another. As your people study this, I thank you for the Holy Ghost in them, revealing to them the things that they need to see and that they need to know. Tonight, Father, we just honor you and we give you all the praise. We thank you again for this awesome week, this awesome time of celebrating the resurrection of the greatest gift that has ever been given ever on planet Earth, the gift of your Son that you offered for us. He made the choice to die for us. He saw us, and, and, and the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross, and he despised the shame, and he's seated at your right hand. Tonight, Lord, we just rejoice and we thank you. And we thank you for all the individuals we're going to be able to minister to, even this week, because of the celebration of this greatest gift that you gave. We bless you tonight and give you all the praise. And everybody said, amen and amen.